The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series by Mercedes Lackey and Steve Libby. Presenting Book Two, The Hunt. Bombay the Hard Way, Part Two. Written by Steve Libby. Read by Veronica Jaguer. Sweat beaded on Vijay Manjapu's forehead as he struggled to choose the words that would save the lives of his wife and daughter. Kanjar slouched against the wall, watching him in the very last application of his intellect. There are too few men like him in government, she thought. Decent men, trustworthy, honest, responsible. If Tangiers had had a leader cut from the same cloth when she was a girl, perhaps she wouldn't have been sold to drug dealers by her starving parents. The brutes discovered her powers the first time they tried to drag her into bed. Fleeing their bloody corpses, she survived on begging and theft until the local gangs recruited her as an assassin. As she wallowed in amorality throughout her developmental years, she imagined there was a paradisaical world just beyond the squalor of the Tangier slum, where decency overruled self-interest. Never when money is involved, she concluded. Money and power obliterate ethics. Manjapu was a classic tragic example of weakness. He probably believed that Ganesh would protect him in his campaign against corruption. Those who hold themselves to a higher moral standard always look to gods for help, because no one else cares. "'Is he writing a goddamn novel?' Wit said. "'I'm getting tired of standing.' "'Then sit and hope you have enough time to write your own last words when the time comes.' Wit settled on a crate. "'It'll be a blaze of glory.' "'Or something vile and flesh-eating from one of your Thai bar girls,' Miss Jones said from the doorway. "'Show some class, Jones,' Wit said in mock outrage. "'These are the man's final hours.' Kanjar sighed. "'Then both of you shut up and let him write in peace.' Manjabo had risen to his feet. He held the statement to his chest. "'I have finished.' "'Booyah!' Wit crowed. "'Let's get this show on the road.' Kanjar seized the scruff of his shirt. "'Wait outside.' She shoved him out, took the syringe from Miss Jones, and closed the door on them both. "'I apologize for their boorish behavior. Americans believe they are perpetually on television.' She stretched out her hand. The note, please. He hesitated, his expression tight. Will it... Will I... It will feel like going to sleep. We are not sadists, Mr. Manjapu. Not always, she amended to herself. Some people deserve mercy. And my body? To all appearances, you will have committed suicide by hanging. It will be arranged later. A coroner can tell the difference. He can also accept bribes. As I said, this note will be the determining factor of how you are remembered, and whether your family lives to remember you. May I have it? Before he could answer... Kanjar snatched it from his hands. He gasped at the speed of her movements. 
She turned to summon the Indian official, and a scrape on concrete caught her attention. For a fleeting moment she sensed that she and Manjapu were not alone in the room. Oh, Manjapu said quietly. Her skin instantly hardened to the tensile strength of battleship steel, but it made no difference. The taser dart clung to her clothes and delivered one hundred thousand volts of electricity into her body. It felt as though a hurricane had erupted in her body. Wordlessly she collapsed to the ground, limbs contorted by the jolt. Through her dimming vision, she saw a fox-faced man dressed in the sharp gray and black khakis favored by Black Snake Metahuman step out of the corner. Not just from the shadows, but out of the intersection of the walls themselves, as casually as opening a door. In his hand was the taser gun and cable leading to the dart stuck to her chest. "'Come with me, sir,' he told Manjapu. "'We haven't much time.' Manjapu knelt by Kanjar and retrieved the note. "'I never learned her name or who she worked for,' he said. "'Dominic Verdigree,' the metahuman said. "'And your testimony will prove it.' The door burst open. Miss Jones and Wit dove into the room, guns drawn. They unleashed a volley of shots at the Black Snake metahuman as they hit the floor. Manjapu shrieked and covered his head. The metahuman slid back into the corner as though it were immaterial, except that the bullets exploded against the drywall as with any solid wall. At once the current ceased. Kanjar panted heavily, forcing herself to regain focus. Weakness shivered in arms and legs. Kanj, Wit said, reaching for her arm. Watch the corners, she snarled, but too late. The metahuman's arm sneaked out from the intersection of the wall and the floor behind Wit's head. He seized the man's hair and smashed his head against the wall. Blood spewed from Wit's nostrils and he collapsed, gun clattering out of senseless fingers. Automatic pistols in hand, Miss Jones rolled over and sprayed the spot where the metahuman had been a moment ago. His arm appeared ten feet away and toppled a tower of boxes onto her. She yelped as the cardboard gave way, and forty pounds of canned chutney landed on her leg. The metahuman emerged from the corner nearest Miss Jones and kicked her sharply in the head, sending her horn-rimmed glasses skittering across the floor. She convulsed and lay still. He stepped over her body while tapping a small receiver in his ear. Night Adder, come in. He paused for a moment as he crossed the room to Manjapu. Sixth Axiom reporting. Target acquired. Resistance neutralized. Commencing extraction. Out. Kanjar's arms and legs quaked with the effort of supporting her weight. The metahuman called Sixth Axiom pressed his heel against her back, crushing her to the ground. She tasted blood and dust. You're lucky they wanted this clean, he said, grinding her down. We owe you bastards. The entirety of Sixth Axiom's weight rested on her spine, just below her ribcage. Kanjar willed her flesh to soften to the consistency of gel. The sudden loss of purchase threw him off balance. Kanjar rolled to the side and seized his leg. Stars paraded before her eyes, but she forced her fingers back to resilience and dragged him down to the ground. He lunged for her throat. Her skin hardened again, but the electric shock had damaged her ability to sustain the greater density. She fought for breath. Kanjar, it's Black Snake. Ant's pants howled into her comm unit receiver. Dozens of them. We're pinned down by the foyer. You guys, get up here now. All she could manage was a croak. 
Ant's Pants' voice sizzled on the channel. I can't read you. Repeat. Repeat. In a burst of strength, she cast Sixth Axiom aside. He let his momentum carry him to the wall and through the angle of the wall and the floor. As if there were no intervening space, he re-emerged from the ceiling and dropped on her in a wrestler's pile driver. His elbow caught her in the stomach and knocked the wind out of her. And stay down. Sixth Axiom stood. Mr. Manjapu, now's our chance. Yes, yes, absolutely. The two left the room. Kanjar heard the sounds of gunfire, explosions, tasers, and screaming, and she knew she had failed Verdigree. Verdigree waved his hand at the elbow, parade queen style, as he and Singh walked arm in arm down the grassy aisle between applauding Mumbai notables. Gathered around them on the lawn of government offices were functionaries and officials, Brahmins and celebrities. The Bollywood actresses they stood up gave them artificial smiles from the front row. Beside him, Eves and Emile Evel strode with a sunny confidence. Their poise and good looks helped to distract onlookers from scrutinizing him too closely, though his picture would nevertheless be plastered all over the media. He could only trust that his facial disguise was enough to throw off his enemies until it was too late. Verdigree didn't care about what they knew, just what they could prove. And with Vijay Munjapu dead, all evidence led into his grave. The Prime Minister greeted them at the foot of the platform, shaking Verdigree's hand, and then sings with theatrical slowness for the cameras. Mounting the DS, Verdigree cleared his throat into the microphone. Apuka Bahut Bahut Punawat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How wonderful. What a reception. He held up a hand until the applause died out. Namaste, my friends. My name is Mitchell Gowans. When I founded Aquapura a decade ago, it was with the express purpose of events like this. No, not just for the adulation of India's finest citizens. He grinned at the polite chuckles and then became somber but rather for the audience Mr. Singh introduced me to earlier today. Those citizens of Mumbai directly impacted by the hideous Nazi attack. Those poor souls who are dying for lack of clean drinking water. I will admit that I found Mumbai both invigorating and intimidating. Mr. Singh insisted that we visit some of Mumbai's poorest districts without police escort. If I cannot walk amongst my people, I am not one of them he said. Verdigree laid a hand on Singh's shoulder as he related the fabrication. The official smile wavered slightly. What I saw today broke my heart. The damage caused to bandit filtration plant was shocking beyond belief, and who knows how long it will take to restore it to operation. That's where Aquapura comes in. The miniature comm unit in Verdigree's ear buzzed. Subvocally, he set it to mute. All eyes were upon him. It was time to hammer the final nail in the coffin of Vijay Manjapu and bury the truth with him. Sadly, the worst damage your country has suffered has occurred after the attack. With the loss of potable drinking water, pestilence and disease can run rampant among the less fortunate, those who need our help the most. Unethical, predatory. He paused as Eve's Evel waggled his eyebrows at him. The man's handsome, perfect face was marred by a barely concealed look of alarm. 
Verdigree tried to follow his gaze to some looming threat, but the lawn was occupied only by receptive luminaries awaiting his next words. Predatory opportunists who swooped in like vultures to take advantage of the situation. It pains me to know that one of the competitors in my otherwise fine industry, Hazelton Purifier Supply, colluded with a representative of your government, V.J. Munjapu, to knowingly push through the sale of a lot of defective water purifiers. Verdigree let the last sentence hang in the air. Murmurs erupted amongst the audience, which was exactly what he wanted. But thank God for men like Reza Singh, men who not only condemn evil acts, but seek to rectify them swiftly before more of his... Both Eves and Emil had gone pale. He reactivated his comm unit. Hold them off until we can get topside. Kanjar's determined voice shrilled on the channel. Watch for targeting company of Mameti Human and Grey. Try to keep away from corners or walls. Her warning was answered with cries of disbelief from Borovo and Ant's Pants. The good cheer leached out of him all at once. Manjapu had been free, appearing to take a long sip of water. Like a ventriloquist, he drank only a small portion, stowing the water in his cheeks. He kicked on the system with subvocal command and reprogrammed the sensitivity with a string of terse commands. The Mumbai sun is even brighter than Texas. You won't mind if I brought a little something from home. He gave the audience a silly grin as he pulled on a pair of sunglasses. Again, they chuckled with him. Using a series of eye blinks, he activated the glass's holographic heads-up display projector. The scene before Howdy was beamed directly into his retina, the interior of the park van. Sound traveled from the frame into a skull above his ears, creating an accurate oral picture of Howdy's surroundings, shouting, gunfire, and explosions. The audience appeared as dim ghosts in the background of the image. Howdy carried a few canned commands that could be broadcast on the comm line. He triggered one. Report. Borovo spoke first. Thirty-five. Ha! Make that thirty-four. Black Snake Bastards Raiding Sings Joint. Some kind of teleporting metahuman operative snatched our boy and took down Kanj, Don't and Wit. No sign yet of the meta, so my guess is that he can't take passengers along for the ride. Sing's guards may be slowing him down. That's better, he said to the audience, but let it get through the channel. Now where was I? Oh yes, giving a speech to dozens of my new friends and customers. He let that through as well so that his team understood his circumstances. Giving them all the big Texas howdy. About goddamn time. Borvo rumbled. Want some spotting? By the way, we want you all to know that at Aquapura, we're open to ideas, suggestions, and guidance. Borovo snorted. Right, here's some guidance for you. Left out the van doors. Fifty yards. Half a dozen black snake pinning ants down. Missile target. And with minute twitches of his arms, legs, and body, hidden from casual view by his loose-fitting suit, he propelled Howdy from a sitting position to a powerful lunge out the van doors. They burst before him. He spun the robot's torso ninety degrees until he saw the sculptures behind which the black snake's targets crouched. Miniature missiles spurted from Howdy's arm launcher. The resulting explosion was rewarded with a yelp of delight from Ant's pants. And, as I was saying, V.J. Manjapu will pay for his crimes as soon as he is caught.
Kanjar's voice broke in. I hear you, Dom. Manjapu was snatched by a meta named Sixth Axiom. Can pass through angles of walls, but he walked Manjapu out, with the confession in hand. I am following them as best I can. He reported to another coded operative named Night Adder, probably on the grounds. A chill ran through Verdigree. Night Adder was one of Black Snake's most lethal metahumans. He racked his brain for a way to convey this. Snakes, such as he, stalk good people like us at every turn. Their hypnotic gaze is deadly. We must not look into their eyes, but rather look to our hearts. Got it, boss man, Ant's Pants said, his voice anxious. We haven't seen this adder yet. Don't forget that Howdy has infrared. Infrared. Ants was one step ahead of him. Verdigree triggered the filter and rotated Howdy's head a full revolution. The onboard tracking systems logged and tagged each Black Snake operative. Verdigree began to assign subroutines to each while speaking slowly like a politician. We at Aquapura, tag fire code 3 priority 1, strive to make the world a better place, tag fire code 4 priority 2. By acting on our faith that every single individual, many Vulcan targets 2 through 6 advanced position 6 meters, can make a difference, sensor strafe heavy weapons scan repeat 5 second intervals if they have the opportunity. Anti-personnel systems fire at will. The strong among us must protect the weak. I repeat, we must protect those we care about from harm. Fall back, Borovo shouted. Verdigree reduced the volume by half as Howdy let loose with every weapon system on board. The auto-targeting mechanisms were not as accurate as a human hand, but they were steady and persistent, and unfazed by return fire. Howdy would assault the targets he had indicated until their heat images dimmed or separated into bits. Meanwhile, he had a speech to finish. The kitchens were awash with human blood. Several of Singh's guards had taken refuge here, only to come under assault by Black Snake operatives. The bullet holes in the walls and kitchen fixtures convinced Kanjar that the squad had been clearing the way for Sixth Axiom and Vijay Manjapu to escape the mansion. She guessed she was no more than thirty seconds behind them, but that was plenty of time for them to elude her. The sound of repeating machine gun fire and missiles heralded Verdigree's activation of Howdy. If Sixth Axiom had any sense, he would stay off the front lawn, where the main firefight raged. And given the demonstrations of his powers thus far, he needed ninety-degree angles to teleport. Perhaps that meant structurally connected angles, and if so, on the grounds, he was an ordinary man. Kanjar willed her skin to harden as she ran through the window overlooking the yard. She hurled herself through the glass and wooden frame and steel security bars to land in a crouch on the grass. Movement to her right spun her around, handgun ready. Borovo and Ant's Pants sprinted around the corner and took cover behind a rock wall. Blood seeped out of a wound to Borovo's neck, yet the man merely cursed and reloaded his gun. Ant's Pants paused to press a handkerchief to it, but the big man pushed it away. "'What are you, my mother? I'm fine.' Borovo's voice was wet and raspy, and the blood pulsed harder as he talked. "'You ain't fine. You're shot good. If you bleed to death, you ain't any help to me.' Borovo snatched the cloth away from him and bound it around his neck, looking improbably like a dandy with a white ascot that slowly turned crimson. 
Ant startled and pointed his gun when Kanjar approached them. Sweet Jesus, Kanj, you scared me. Where are Witten Jones? Down. Did you see Manjapu at front? The explosives expert shook his head. Not me. Howdy's like a freaking lawnmower out there. We didn't want to field test the friendly's tagging routine in Dom's targeting system, so we split. We can't let Manjapu escape. He'll expose the entire operation. Unless you know where he went, he's already escaped. Ant's pants sagged, suddenly exhausted. I just want to get home. There's your ride, Borvo said, pointing. A black snake Mariah roared down the back service road, kicking up a plume of dust. Operatives hung out the side doors, automatic rifles in hand. Kanjar and her teammates hit the ground behind the wall before they could be spotted. On cue, Sixth Axiom led Manjapu from a side entrance. Borvo leveled his pistol. I got a clean shot. Take it, she said. Dom and the Evels can spin it later. He took a deep breath, brought the gun up to eye level, and squeezed the trigger. Across the lawn, Manjapu clutched his stomach and fell to his knees. Sixth Axiom at once whirled and sprinted for the far end of the wall. Gut shot, Borvo said with scorn. I was aiming for his head. Kanjar realized what Sixth Axiom was doing. Watch out, you idiot! Her warning was cut short when a body crashed in her, from above. Still hardened, she nevertheless fell forward and knocked loose a portion of the wall. She twisted her body to get a view of her attacker. The woman, it was a woman, had sleek, deep, violet-black scales for skin, which somehow made her more beautiful than less. Her hair had been cut short like a soldier's. She grinned at Kanja with fanged teeth, and the green, iridescent eyes locked on hers. Those eyes, like emeralds, Kanjar yearned to explore the worlds behind them, a portal to a dreamland of sleep and peace. Kanjar closed her eyes in sudden fear. This was Night Adder, whose most grievous power had nearly paralyzed her. She heard the metahuman curse and fire her weapon. Bullets slammed into Kanjar's skin, ricocheting, but the impacts were hammer blows to her insides. She opened her eyes but averted them from Night Adder's face, focusing instead on her legs. She wrapped her arms around those slender muscular legs and applied her increased weight until the serpentine woman toppled to the ground. Behind them, Sixth Axiom shot out of the base of the wall and dashed Borvo into the corner. He struck the big man's neck wound with several swift karate chops. Borvo choked and went white. Kanjar pressed her gun to Night Adder's abdomen and fired repeatedly. The bullet shredded her uniform but slid off her scales. It's not that easy, Night Adder said with a hiss. She seized Kanjar's hair and used it to peel her away and beat her against the crumbling stone wall. Each blow dazed Kanjar. The woman was supernaturally strong, and she fought to retain her dense state. If she let it slip, her skull would be crushed to jelly. Leave her alone, Ant's pants howled. He threw himself at the metahuman. She caught his shirt and lifted him into the air. Little man, she said. Don't shy away. Look into my eyes. Ant's pants mouth went slack, his gun dropping to the ground. 
Kanjar tried to shout, tried to wrest herself away from Night Adder's implacable grip, but her head was half buried in the wall. The chemist squirmed as Night Adder drew him closer to her leering face. Then his body relaxed. His mouth shaped itself into an idiot's serene, mindless smile. Blood dripped from his nose and his eyes. Night Adder's tongue, pink and entirely human, licked Ant's pants cheek. I can taste his memories. Rather spicy. Stop screwing around. Sixth Axiom held a gun to Borvo's head. Target is down. We need a medic. He's out front, getting shot to bits by their robot. She dropped the drooling ant's pants. This one's empty. Quick and tasty. Now let's see what this woman has to offer. Adder. Silence. Go make yourself useful. Axiom left Borovo's side and walked towards Manjapu, who still knelt on the ground, holding his stomach. His face, a mask of pain, upturned at his approach. It's all right, sir. We'll get you sewn up. Manjapu opened his mouth to speak, and blood and bone exploded from it. His eyes widened with surprise as he fell forward. In the doorway, her eye black and swollen shut, Miss Jones held a smoking pistol. Target definitely acquired. She winked at Axiom with her remaining eye and blew smoke from the barrel of the gun. Who wants some more? Axiom bellowed in rage and dashed toward the house. Before she could fire, he had thrown himself into the corner and reappeared beside her on the floor. Wit, hiding in the shadows, brought a massive iron skillet down on his head with an audible crack. His eyes crossed, and he lay still, jutting out of the floor. Wondered if his powers would still function while he was out. Too bad. Wit smirked at Miss Jones. You make good bait. So I've been told. Gunfire erupted from the Black Snake van, but not at the obvious targets. Howdy wove into fire, pitted by small arms fire, and missing one of its sensor domes, but otherwise able to sustain fire against the vehicle. The driver hit reverse and backed away. In moments, Night Adder was the sole black snake in view. I think you should leave, Kanjar said. Otherwise, I'll tear your heart out. The snake woman hesitated, then dropped Kanjar and charged Miss Jones and Wit. She shrugged off their weapons fire and hauled the limp sixth axiom out of the wall. With a hiss of pure hatred, she chased after the black snake van, dodging Howdy's fire as she crossed the lawn and out of view. Verdigree could tell he was losing his audience. His oration had faltered as the battle at Singh's estate grew more heated. Suddenly, though, the black snake operatives were evacuating, and Manjapu was a bloody corpse in the grass. He gave Howdy a sub-vocal order to switch to sentry mode. Our relationship won't end when your water filtration facilities are brought back online. All over rural India, villages lack even the most basic public utilities. Aquapura is dedicated to bringing those rural dwellers into the 21st century and the mainstream of the Indian economy. This is an opportunity to build for the future. The crowd 
possibly relieved to get a non-fragmented sentence from him, and sensing the end of the speech, clapped enthusiastically. Dom. Kanjar's voice came over the line. He bumped up the volume. I'm sorry. He grimaced, then, remembering where he was, turned it into a smile. Kanjar rarely, if ever, apologized. We lost Antony. She sounded exhausted and miserable. I lost him. Ants Pants. Antony. Verdigree's favorite fishing partner and reckless pyromaniac. What? He said aloud. Night Adder. Somehow she shut his nervous system down. He died as I tried to revive him. Oh, Jesus. His vision clouded. Eve was at once at his elbow, covering the microphone with his palm, eliciting a squeal of feedback. Mitchell, what is it? Verdigree forced a smile. Tears had welled up in his eyes, and he theatrically wiped them away. I'm sorry, folks. I wanted to finish that speech, but the image of those noble villagers dying for a drink of water kept coming back to me. I'm a big softy that way, I guess. He steadied himself on Eve. Let's get out there and save some lives before someone else's father dies. Confused, the audience clapped for him as he left the podium. Their applause grew as they saw him retreat to the rear of the stage, sit down on the stoop, and place his head in his hands. Mr. Singh patted Verdigree's shoulder awkwardly, unaware of the devastation that awaited him at his home, or that his enemy had died only at a tremendous cost.